0: Going Through Life with Betty and Bob This is Milton Cross, ladies and gentlemen Inviting you to join us for a visit with Betty and Bob Drake But first A few words from a friend of yours. Well, Bob has met Ellsworth Jameson, the new city manager, and he is more convinced than ever that this strange man will eventually lead the way to startling revelations about the powers that put him into office. After Bob left Jameson, he hurried over to the trumpet building. Being back at the helm of his newspaper gave him a feeling of great excitement and pride. And now, later, we find Bob in his office waiting for Betty, who has spent the day looking for a house in the suburbs of Monroe so the rest of the Drake family could move in from the country immediately. At the moment, Bob is talking over the inter-office phone to Swanson, his managing editor.
1: That's a fine paper you turned out today, Swanson. Really tickled with the way you've taken over. Yeah. Uh, one more thing, Swanson. I don't want you to feel that your job or authority are in danger just because I've come back. You're going to have just as much leeway. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm very pleased that you and Henderson are getting along so well. He's proving to be of real value, isn't he? Yes, as ex-chief of police, he's got a million angles. And we want to explore every one of them. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's it's great to be back. It, it's great to have something to do again. great to know you're of service again. It's great Is to... Is
2: it uh,
1: great to see your wife again? Oh, hello, Betty. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Swanson, I'll drop into your office before I leave. Yeah.
2: Bob, darling.
1: Hey, you've been running? Look all flush.
2: (laughs) You bet I've been running. But first, give me a kiss, and then I'll tell you the good news.
1: I'm ready and eager. (sighs)
2: Oh, what could be better news than that?
1: All right, now, don't stall.
2: Bob, I have found the most wonderful place.
1: You have? Where?
2: On the north side of town. Uh Won't take more than a half hour by car to get here. And it's a lovely house with with a great big lawn and the most magnificent trees. And, oh, Bob, it's just
1: perfect. (laughs) It must be.
2: The rooms, are so big and airy. And, and Bob, it's the kind of house you don't have to get used to. It's just ready and waiting for people like us.
1: You mean it's got our personality?
2: Oh, it's got us down pat.
1: Well, then, uh, what's it been doing all these years without us in it?
2: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Must have been a very unhappy house with the wrong people living in it. Uh, Is it furnished? Oh, no, dear. Why would we want a furnished house? We've got a whole warehouse full of our things. Look, if you drive out with me tonight and okay it... Your
1: okay is enough.
2: Well, then we'll sign the lease and I'll have the storage people start moving our stuff in tomorrow.
1: Mm, all sounds swell to me.
2: Then we could have Mother and the twins and Claire with us by the end of the week. Wouldn't that be just marvelous, Bob?
1: A very rosy picture.
2: And true to life, too. thank <laughs> gosh. You look important behind that desk.
1: Do I? Mm-hmm
2: my sitting on it. It's uh, not upsetting the dignity of the office, is it?
1: This is a newspaper office. Remember, we don't go in for dignity.
2: (laughs) You look like a man who's got everything he wants in life.
1: Well, I have almost. You, a couple of amazing children, work I like to do. What more does a man want?
2: And what was the almost about?
1: Well, I won't have everything until I've got this town cleaned up.
2: Did you see Jameson?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Did you spend much time with him?
1: Yeah, a little.
2: Well? Well, what? Oh, come on now. Don't be cute. What happened with you and Jameson?
1: Well, darling, Henderson gave us a very accurate description of him. A stuffed shirt with a jitters. Uh,
2: what did you talk about?
1: Oh, he welcomed my return back to town and to the newspaper business. Oh, well,
2: that was nice of him.
1: He tried to be cheerful. And it's awful hard to be cheerful when you're nervous.
2: What was he nervous about?
1: Well, he was born nervous, or... He's been beaten over the head so many times by political bosses that he's got a permanent case of jitters. He's a pitiful man, Betty.
2: I can imagine.
1: And Swanson had his background checked. He was a professor of economics at the State University and a man of considerable standing, too, Mm -hmm. when he went into the Department of Budgets. It was considered quite a lucky thing for the state. But somewhere along the line, that Seneca gang of political plunderers must have got something on him, and, well, they made him into what he is now.
2: Did you talk to him about his daughter?
1: Yes. Yes, he thanked me for killing that story about her being arrested for drunken driving. He assured me that he'd always be ready to do a favor for me. Did he
2: try to explain her drunken driving to
1: you? No, he just said that she's high strung, especially since her mother died. Then the phone rang, and it was said daughter, Margaret.
2: Well,
1: She wanted to drive up to Seneca tonight, and the old man went into a sweat begging her not to go. And he finally remembered that he'd bought some tickets for a play that's opening tonight. That, plus getting a little hysterical, helped him persuade her to stay home.
2: Mm. It all sounds very unhealthy to me.
1: I'll tell you it's unhealthy. And she's more than the old man can handle, Betty. Boy, what a story there must be there.
2: Mm. I'm sure of that. So what play's opening tonight in town?
1: Hmm? I don't know. Something that's on its way to New York, I guess.
2: Mind if I look in the paper and see?
1: No, if you... Don't mind my looking at you in the meantime. I don't mind. You're very beautiful.
2: Oh, stop it. No, you
1: really are. It's an incredible thing.
2: Oh. So now it's incredible, hmm?
1: <laughs> no, I mean that anybody can be that lovely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it is. The Girl Who Had Nine Lives. Huh? That's the title.
1: Well, how are they going to get all that up on the marquee?
2: Well, it'll be worth going just to see <laughs> that. Say, it's playing at the Imperial.
1: Yes, but it sounds awful.
2: I disagree. Sounds as if it might be amusing. Oh, Betty. <laughs> Besides, I don't see why you should have all the fun.
1: Fun? What are you talking about?
2: I'd like to meet Mr. Jameson and his daughter. And if they're going to be at the theater tonight, why can't we just innocently run into them?
1: Oh, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I get so absorbed thinking how lovely you are, I forget how smart you are.
2: <laughs> you must never do that, darling.
1: Sure, we'll sort of bump into the Jamesons innocently. Hey, maybe invite them to be our guests after the fair, huh?
2: Darling, sometimes you're so bright, I forget what an attractive man you are. Hey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it must be a great relief to Betty to see how happy Bob is. And she, too, cannot deny her own excitement and interest in newspaper life. Well, Betty and Bob did go to the Imperial Theater tonight with the one idea in mind of meeting the Jamesons, father and daughter. Now we join Betty and Bob coming through the lobby of the theater during the first act intermission.
1: I told you the play would be terrible. Oh, no,
2: it's not that terrible, What could you
1: expect with a title like that? The Girl Who Had Nine (laughs) lies. That's the most dismal thing I ever sat through.
2: Yeah, it wasn't such a bad idea, though. A girl giving up herself to so many people Some that
1: you... idea. There aren't any girls like that.
2: Oh, maybe you don't know as much about girls as you think you do. Oh,
1: yeah? Listen, it... Oh, there's Jameson. Oh, Where? Yeah. I guess that's her daughter.
2: Hey, she's very pretty. Awfully skinny. <laughs> Come on.
1: Hello there, Jameson.
2: What? Oh. Oh, hello.
1: You remember me, don't you? Drake, Bob Drake... We had a little chat this afternoon.
2: Oh, yes, yes, of course I remember you. I certainly do.
1: This is uh, Mrs. Drake.
2: Oh, uh, this is my daughter, uh, Margaret. Yes? Margaret, I, I want you to meet some very dear friends of mine. I mean, they're going to be very dear friends of ours. Mr. and Mrs. Drake, my daughter, Margaret. How are you? How do you do? How do you do, Miss Jane? Well, how are you enjoying the play? Well, it's <laughs> quite amusing, that is... Oh, stop it, Father. It's a... Silly, stupid play. Now, Margaret... I'm sorry I didn't go up to Seneca. Let's leave now. Oh, no, 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 Margaret. You you can never tell about these plays. We've only seen the first act. It might improve. I don't see how it can. I won't sit through it. Well, Margaret, I think you're being unduly harsh. I'm sure Mr. and Mrs. Drake don't feel about it the way you do. I'm uh, I'm afraid you're wrong there, Mr. Jameson. What? We're inclined to agree with your daughter. Yes, we are. We uh, we think the play is awful. Your daughter is absolutely justified in her attitude. Well, there you are, father. Well, uh, yes, yes, there I am. It is pretty terrible, isn't it? And what's more, I think your daughter's suggestion that we leave now is very good.
1: Well, yes, it's an excellent suggestion. We could find some nice place to go, talk a while. Oh, that is, unless you have some other plans? Oh,
2: no, please come. We'd be delighted to have you with us. Oh, but the play, I I bought the tickets. Oh, forget the tickets, Father. Yes, we'll come. I'm so glad that's fine. Come on, Bob. (laughs)
1: Well, Betty, this is what I call turning a dull evening into a very interesting one. A
0: strange father and a stranger daughter. What is behind the jitters that seems to envelop Jameson like a dark cloud? Is Bob right? Is Jameson, the spearhead of the Seneca gang, moving in on Monroe, getting ready to make it pay tribute to evil in a thousand ways? is Milton Cross again, ladies and gentlemen, inviting you to take a moment to listen to an important message. This program is presented over this station five times each week, Monday through Friday, at this same hour. Join us when we next meet Betty and Bob. Your announcer, Milton Cross.